11 through 17. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you shall call his name John, and you shall have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in spirit and the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, good morning. We're starting our Advent season. And I titled the, the whole series for this Advent season, The Wonder of Angels. And just it's about the supernatural aspect of the Christmas season. The Wonder of Angels comes from 1 Peter 1, verse 12, which says, Things into which angels long to look. So angels were longing to know and understand the salvation plan of God, and they longed to look into it. Um, and what we're going to begin in the Advent season is that, that waiting season that Advent comes with, and that longing and yearning to see the coming arrival of the Messiah to prepare our hearts uh, for Jesus, to prepare our hearts to, for him to have room in our lives. So Christmas is supernatural. There is supernatural occurrences that begin with the coming of John the Baptist, who is going to prepare the way of the Lord. And so we're going to begin these angelic appearances with the appearance to Zechariah in the temple. So this is from the Gospel of Luke. And before Luke gets into these supernatural occurrences that begin to um, kind of explode on the scene out of nowhere from a period of silence, uh, all of a sudden, you know, Luke wants to start this Gospel in explaining what he is doing. So in Luke 1, 1 through 4, Luke begins his gospel with, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning 
the things that you have been taught. So Theophilus, in order for you to know that what you've been taught is accurate and right, I'm writing you this orderly account. So Luke has followed these things closely for some time. He's studied the scriptures and he begins his gospel with this most profound sentence in the Greek language. Just opening up, it doesn't sound very much like once upon a time. It sounds like he's going to write an orderly account, give a historical account of what's been going on and what Theophilus has been taught, something reliable that he has put his faith in. So when we get into the wonder of angels, he's about to discuss some very supernatural happenings. He's saying this is an orderly account. So this account is going to be reliable. It's written from Luke, who has followed all these things closely. It's based on eyewitness accounts that he's researched and gone out and written about. And then he begins to start this, this uh, you know, investigative story, that, this orderly account, with two people. Zechariah and Elizabeth. So in verse 5 of chapter 1 of Luke, he begins, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. So this orderly account that Luke is giving, it happens with real people in a real place in real time. Luke establishes the time by saying it's the time of King Herod. He establishes the place, the place of Judea. He establishes now a real married couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And he goes on to mention that Elizabeth's family history, which they kept very accurate records of their genealogy, goes all the way back to Aaron, the, the priest with Moses, the, you might consider the first high priest. Her lineage goes back there. He's rooting this story in history. He's rooting this couple in history. The ESV Study Bible uh, talks about the divisions that Zechariah was from because it mentions that he was from this division of Abijah. And it says that there were 24 divisions of priests that served, and they served for a week twice a year. And so it mentions that Zechariah was of this division of Abijah. Luke then states their character of Zechariah and Elizabeth, that they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. 
Then Luke states some personal things about their life, that they were both advanced in years. There were some old, older folk, but they had had no children, for Elizabeth was barren. So this is going to be right for some miracle time, for some glory of God to work through and gain the glory because it's not of men, it's of God. When there's this impossibility with men and their plans, God can come in and when he does something, all the glory goes to him because they know that this is impossible among men. So Zachariah's priestly division happens to be on duty this week. They're called up, and in Luke 1, 8 through 10, it says, While he was serving as priest before God, his division was on duty, Zachariah's, his division. Okay, this is your, your week, these priestly group. And according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So it falls to Zechariah. You're chosen. You're going to go. And the whole multitude stay outside the, uh, the people, and they were praying and outside at the hour of incense. So they, he goes in before the Lord to burn this fragrant offering to the Lord. People are all gathered outside praying. And while Zechariah is in there, our text begins with Luke 1, verse 11. It says, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now, you wouldn't necessarily have to say where the angel is or standing. You just have to say an angel of the Lord appeared to him, and that would be enough. But the Bible, in talking about witnesses and eyewitness testimony, lists these details of what's going, where the angel is standing on the right side. Could have been standing anywhere. He just could have appeared, but the writing is just from that aspect of eyewitness testimony. Where is the angel standing? At the right uh, side of the altar of incense. So the supernatural breaks through here. The supernatural of the Christmas season, this Advent season, this long-awaited longing for God to speak again through his prophets, for the Holy Spirit anointing word of God to once again come to uh, the people of Israel. Finally, just like this veil is torn down, this clouded veil, and all of a sudden it is removed by this good news announcement by this angel speaking to this aged priest offering up incense. And the first thing that the angel says to Zacharias, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Zachariah. And the next he says, for your prayer has been heard. Wow. I wonder how long Zachariah had prayed and how long ago he had prayed from the time him and Elizabeth were married and came together and could not have children and all that came with that in that society, especially for Elizabeth, uh, the reproach that came, she talks about later, um, that came from not being able to bear children and not to have a family. They're part of their dreams and goals 
was crushed. In all this time, how many prayers have they prayed together and for how long? And now, all of a sudden, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. Now in his old age, an angel is saying he's going to have a child. It's like the long waiting for them was now like too long. You waited too long, God. We are aged and old. And leaping down to Luke chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, we read Zechariah talking and saying to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him. That's where we get a name of an angel. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they wondered at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. And after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So this good news comes from Gabriel. It's like this veil is, of darkness is pierced, this long, centuries-long area of silence from the last prophet Malachi is being pierced, and the angel is bringing this good news. Something's happening. There's a stirring in the air that this Advent season is up, upon us now. And this question seems to be, who is this child? What child is this? And we go back into our text and finish it in Luke 1, verses 13 through 17, what the angel said to Zechariah after, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers, your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And in verse 14, the angel continues to describe who John will be, what child this will be. It says, And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. His birth will come with great joy in the heart of Zechariah and in, and in the heart of many. And in verse 15 it says, For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. What child is this who will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb? Has God ever said anything like that about any of anyone else? Very unique 
child being born. God's doing something miraculous here. Verse 16 says, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Verse 17, He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So his goal there, his ministry there, will be making ready for the Lord a people prepared. Verse 13 said, you shall call his name John, and John wasn't a family name. It wasn't a a name uh, following in Zechariah. It was the name that the angel gave from God to give to him. This unique thing happening, not within the family line. You will call him John. Verse 14 said, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Zechariah will have joy and gladness. It's like your days of sorrow are over. The days of waiting for the answer to your prayer is over. I will give you a son, and you will be filled with joy, and many others will rejoice at his birth. I know a lot of us are struggling in in many ways and do at different times, and we come upon the season of Advent, a a, a season of great joy and rejoicing, and a lot of us are struggling in many ways. And at the same time of our sorrow, God wants us to know we can rejoice. Even in the midst of sorrow and hardships, we can still have joy in the Lord. In verse 15, he says, For he will be great before the Lord, must not drink wine or strong drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. The preparing of John for the ministry that God had for him would be empowered through the Holy Spirit, and it would start right out from the mother's womb. This powerful miracle work of God birthing this child from a couple in Elizabeth who was barren. The ESV study Bible again says that in Jesus' day, most Jews believed that for more than 400 years, the Holy Spirit had not been active in Israel because there had been no more prophets since Malachi. Now, God once again would visit his people. That's, that's several centuries of, of silence, of no prophet anointed by the Holy Spirit specifically to bring the message of God. We might think that we're waiting long. Zechariah might have thought he was waiting long to hear the answer to his prayer. But the people of Israel had waited centuries, and now God is exploding on the scene with the supernatural with angels speaking the good news of the message of God to Zechariah. Luke 1, 39-43 says, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, 
was filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of getting filled with the Holy Spirit all of a sudden after uh, the Holy Spirit, this void period for centuries. Full of the Holy Spirit, she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Some supernatural things happening. He would be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. What child is this? This miracle child named John. In Luke 1, 57 through 66, we read about Elizabeth giving birth. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. So you see that rejoicing happening at the birth of John. Fulfillment, the word of the Lord brought through the angel Gabriel. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and They would have called his name Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by that name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered the wonder of this mystery of the birth of this child. Who would this child be? And immediately, Zachariah's mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came upon all their neighbors and all these things were talked about throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, what then will this child be? What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. What child is this? This miracle child named John. They all wondered. And the wonder of Christmas begins with the wonder of John. And who was he? The announcement of angels breaking through. Bringing good news from this angel Gabriel. The supernatural Reality of the unseen world piercing the veil of our darkness. What then will this child be? This Holy Spirit filled child from his mother's womb. Luke 1, 16 through 17 said, He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. I want you to hear that. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn. Mentions turn twice. He will turn many of the children and then to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. He will go before the Messiah and make ready For the Lord, a people prepared. And he will do it by turning. By turning the hearts. He would preach a message of turning. This is repentance. He would preach and cry out. 
to repent. This is the first message of turning our hearts back to God at Advent season. Because we need somebody to come and, and say, repent. Turn from your ways and turn back to God. It's a humbling of preparing our hearts for the coming of Jesus this Christmas season to remember that we're not all that. We are a desperate people in desperate need of a Savior. And he was preparing the way for the people. You don't have it together. You're lost in darkness. You need to turn. And his message was heard by the faithful to repent. They came to be baptized by John in the River Jordan and to turn from their sin and embrace his message. In Luke 1, 67 through 8, 80, not only was Zechariah, I mean Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed, it's like almost a prophesied uh, when Mary came to visit her, but Zechariah does the same thing in Luke 1, 67 through 80, after his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And he lists this prophecy, speaking really of Jesus coming. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He's visited and redeemed his people. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he's really talking about the birth of Jesus and the coming of Jesus. But then he also prophesies of his own son and again what the angel of the message of Gabriel was to him, what John the Baptist would accomplish. And in verse 76, getting to the close of just the opening chapter of Luke, chapter 1, Zechariah prophesies this, full of the Holy Spirit, anointed of God, says, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. And this child grew up and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Wow, the prophet of the Most High, prophesying over this baby, this child, his mission brought through the supernatural revealed word of God through the angel Gabriel to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. John began to turn the hearts, to turn many of the hearts of the people. Malachi had prophesied in Malachi 4, 5 through 6, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And we see that this prophecy was fulfilled in John the Baptist. Jesus says in Matthew 11, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus speaks of this, of John the Baptist, concerning John. He says, what did you go out to see when you went out to see John? A reed shaken by the wind. What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is he of whom 
it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. And Jesus is telling them John the Baptist was this Elijah. He came in the spirit and the power of Elijah, and he came before to prepare the way of the Messiah, Jesus. Christmas is rooted in this story. Christmas is supernatural. It's rooted in supernatural happenings of God. And may our hearts wonder and be stirred in awe of this Christmas season and this Advent season of Elizabeth and Zechariah and this angel named Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, who stood before the face of God and brought this message, delivering it from God to this man named Zechariah because he had heard his prayer. Never forget to stay faithful in your prayers. He would bear a son who would be the prophet of the Most High, the forerunner of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. John would describe himself like this in John three twenty nine. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He got to hear the bridegroom's voice. He was a friend of the bridegroom. Amen. You likewise can be that friend of of the bridegroom this season of Advent. He cares for you. He cares to hear your prayers. He cares for you to cast all your cares upon him and to ask him, for he's a generous father who sent forth his angels to bring forth the message of Christmas, that we need a Savior, and he's delivering on his long-awaited promise. So as we sing, come all ye faithful, come to Bethlehem and behold him. Look, observe, gaze upon, contemplate, stop and spend some time wondering about the awe and wonder of the supernatural time that we're entering into. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of the angel armies has come and his name is Jesus. And his forerunner was John, whom we call John the Baptist. And Jesus is fighting for us. Come and behold the baby who is born king of the angels. As the worship team comes in the closing song, as we come to adore Jesus, we're going to take communion together. If everybody has one these before them. Jesus celebrated the last Passover with his disciples and then this was passed on to the disciples to remember Jesus to remember his death until he returns again. In the instructions of Paul to the Corinthian church, 
his instructions around the observance of communion were that in the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he offered up thanks to the Father. And he said, this is my body. Take and eat of it. And when you do, do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake of the bread together. And in like manner, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood given for you for the remission of sins. Take and drink of it and do this in remembrance of me and remember my death until I come. Let us partake of the cup together. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your generous most generous gift of your son Jesus Christ his body and his shed blood we thank you and we praise you anoint our hearts to sing and to worship Jesus who alone is worthy of our praise we ask in Jesus name amen Father, now 
adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. And let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. You alone are worthy, for He alone is worthy, for You alone are worthy. receive this blessing. You are blessed with a spirit of revelation to see Jesus exalted at the right hand of the Father and to see him sending the power of the Holy Spirit to refresh and renew you to go out and be a light to this darkened world. In Jesus' name, amen. Love one another.